Good morning, heart and soul. Thank you so much, Felicia. Thank you for reminding us that today is a good God day. And I'm okay if we just pretend like we never heard that before. And each morning, we have this like a brand new thought, like we've never known it before. So today, it's like, like you could spend part of the day exploring what that means. And not can, I, I don't know if you're following the seed I'm, I'm wanting to plant here, that, that we begin with opening our imagination to, what if I didn't treat that awareness as an old message? You know, which means you just go, oh, yeah, it's a good guy day, and then you move over to it not being, and all the ways it isn't. But what if today you just explored that? What if it was like a, a homework assignment that you were to seek evidence of today being a good God day? And then we made it kind of Groundhog Day-like, that tomorrow morning you act just like you didn't get any proof whatsoever. And today you start anew, proving a good God day anew. Yeah? Look, we do our best to support you, to help you, to assist you with this. And it's in our devotional. Now, now here's an interesting thing where, where life and an intention for the divine unfoldment of life from within out kind of clashes with conventional wisdom. Because you know that we are simultaneously holding a service with just a few participants in the room and more folks online. When we do our devotional, we go to silence in the room, as we have for years. But the conventional wisdom would be that for broadcast purposes, when online, that nobody wants to sit in the silence. I get it. But if you don't want to sit in the silence, you're not going to have a life you desire. You're not going to experience today as a good God day, not as fully as it can be. Now, that's not a threat. That's more like a promise. <laughs> so we are doing our best to give you an opportunity. You choose. When it goes to music and it's our devotional time, that could be a time to get a snack. Or it could be a time to see how good a God day today is. It could be a time to see if you can't feel the presence of the divine. It could be a time where you allow love is the chant. God is all there is to permeate the entirety of your being, meaning that you have no other thought until you have another thought, and then you cease that thought and go back to God is all there is. Love is all there is. I'm not the boss of you, though. You choose to do with this devotional time as you please. But allow me to say that if it didn't make a difference, we wouldn't be doing it. Because it has enough complexity to it that it'd be easier not to do it. Except we know better than to not do it. So I've come today to say, y'all probably know better than to not do it. And this is an opportunity to fully join us in the devotional period. I would love for the collective energy across all time and space to be, oh, it's time for the devotional. I got to get in there. I remember when we were meeting in person and, and we were in a different building that had a long hallway and when we would begin to close the doors for the devotional period, people would just, oh, those conversations would cease and oh, they'd be making haste. Not because it was cold out there and warm inside, but because they knew that investing that time in stillness would be worth it. So this is a different time, and I know there are competing energies and focus opportunities, but I encourage you to know something more, and if you don't, try it. 
Just try it. But don't let that first try determine the rest of your life. Because often stillness is an acquired taste. Babies know it. But as we grow older and make our own choices, we often choose less stillness unless we have practiced stillness. So, I just wanted to encourage you to tune in with us because, you know, this summer we are in on our adventure in faith always, and this summer very specifically, we are in our summer of shift. And so the more you can be still in a devoted, in a devotional way, in a way that you are attuned to the divine, the more empowered and intentional your shift can be. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Here's, here's, here's what I'm wanting to say is there is such power in a setting an intention for shift. That's a good thing, to take dominion, and then there's a point at which you let dominion take you. But if you're not being still, you don't know how to do that probably. I know you're the exception. You can do it all, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to all the rest of us who are more like, who can benefit from some of what we have learned in how to let go and let God. See how that just rolls off the tongue? It doesn't roll into the life that easily. This notion of letting go and letting God means that something, something has to happen within and that stillness, that time that we offer you is that. So for this summer of shift, we're inviting you to sense the stillness in preparation for the divine shift. Not shift for shift's sake, but for the divine shift for the highest and best for all concerned. Lord knows I hope that that makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes just a little encouragement can go a long way. Look, the book that we are reading for summer school, let me just... Juicy. Juicy, good, right on time. We're giving thanks to our brother, Sean Jenright, PhD. If you, we'd love for you to get the book from us. And in order to do that, what we're asking is that you make an additional immediate donation of $20 or more. You could cover our shipping costs. You have a sense of what, make up a number, and you could add more to that to make a donation. And you could decide that, you know what, heart and soul, sometimes someone may come to you and say, I'd love to have the book, but I don't have the 20 right now. So you might just kick in the 20 on behalf of someone else. But you would do that through our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash SS2022book. And if you go there, you'll be guided through the process. You'll get the book. If you're here today or willing to come in today, you can pick up the book today because we have some copies of the book right here um, on the premises. So you can do that. I want you to, there's some information that I want you to have about, um, about how we're doing this. And part of it is that uh, Sean Jenright did, has some video work as well. So there's the podcast with Brene Brown, which is just amazing. And so you can find that on her site, on brenebrown.com podcast. And then you can go from there and simply look for either Jen Wright or for Pivots or, you know, just get in there. Y'all know how to search. You don't need me to work out your search operation. So you can do that. There's also a QR code. And the QR code, if you, and right now, you can just, if you're at home, you can do it on the screen. If you're, y'all you, can work it out. Y'all know how to do this. 
So what it will take you to is a Vimeo, a video that uh, Dr. Sean recorded that gives you a sense of his intention and what he's up to. Can I just say that our dear brother is a visionary? First of all, he has a brilliant mind. The books that he's written before were more uh, academic in that way. This goes right to the heart. He didn't leave the academics aside, though. I mean, meaning he didn't just abdicate his intellect, but he opened his heart. And so he writes this from a place of, would y'all understand if I said divine vulnerability? divine vulnerability. He also is courageous because he tells us straight up, there are a lot of folks who just aren't going to tell you, I just, you know, this is not a mountaintop teaching at heart and soul. So this is not me standing here trying to holler down to y'all from the mountain like I done done it all and done it all right. And all this ain't that. This is instead me just I'm just trying to do the best I can and tap in and, uh, and share what the divine gives me to share. And sometimes if you're paying close attention, you'll notice that there's that that I'm trying to share just because I want to share it. And the divine is like, no, hush about that. And that, that slide, that's cute that you prepared, but you're not showing that slide because there's something else we got to do here. So I'm just doing my best right from the valley. I'm just at the curb and the cut trying to give the highest message I can possibly share at any given time. And sometimes I'm trying to break off a piece for me too. Because a lot of times, it's new for me in the moment. I'm just trying to tell y'all the truth. This is We're in this together. Suffice it to say, we are in this together. So, look, when we do summer school, we always have life work, homework, work you're going to do on your own. Because we, we only there together for about 90 minutes. And so there's no way you're transforming the whole of your life. And Well, maybe you. But most of us. As for me and my house, we need more than 90 minutes for the full transformation of my life. So there is work that I must do on my own. So I get, I get to glean some ideas and a practice, and, and, and then I got to do the work. Because just buying the book and holding it close. Now, you know, I'm feeling a little something, but I'm not likely to transform my life from top to bottom and side to side, and in and throughout. But you, you may have a different kind of experience. Just buying a book and putting it on the shelf may be enough for you. But for most of us, we're going to have to break into it. We're going to have to read at least some of it. You understand what I'm saying? And the ones who are serious about it are going to read it all long before we start assigning the parts. But I want to give you a sense, in case you want to play with us, that we always, we know that folks come to us playing at whatever level. Like some of y'all get snacks during the devotional. Some of y'all leave when we go to gracious giving. you like, I ain't doing that. And you go on, and you don't, you don't even know what you're missing. You'd have no idea about the power of the practice of giving and being present to that divine energetic. You don't understand the giving and receiving is a universal principle and how it works. You don't know that, and you may not even care now that I said it. So people come where, from wherever they are, and we meet them and love them however they come to us. So we know that somebody's just holding steady. They're like, I'm going to get the book, and I'm going to flip through that intro part. I'm not committed to reading the whole intro, but I'm going to do a little something, and I'm probably going to click that QR code because that sounds like fun. <laughs> and that's, I don't know, I'm going to show up, and we're going to see how it goes. But there's a level where the person knows, this individual knows that they're shifting. I'm, I'm about to shift. So I'm going to read the intro. I'm going to watch that video. I'm going to do that QR code. And I'm going to read that first pivot because I don't know him. I'm going to see how this goes. And that's fine. This is what I want you to know. I ain't mad at you however you get in. Get in where you fit in. But then they're the ones who are flowing and they're like, you know, this is just in time, Rev. 
I don't know what you read my mail, you tap my phone, you ask my friends. I don't know how you got all up in my business, but this is right on time. And look at here, I'm getting ready to read the intro. I'm going to watch the video, QR code or not. I'm getting ready to read that first chapter around the lens to mirror. I'm going to journal just like you suggested. I'm going to listen to that podcast with Brene Brown. That's not getting by me. I'm a, that's, a, that's like a 90-minute podcast, just so you know. But I'm getting ready to do that. Somebody told me they did that when they got home from summer school that night. Now, I'm not a nighttime learner much. So that's my morning kind of activity. You understand? But, but you got to know how you are so you can what? Get in where you fit in. Now, if you are thinking, so now where am I? How do I get all this? If you are not on our mailing list, you're not getting this. If you're not on our mailing list and you want to be, send an email to admin at heartsoulcenter.org. And in the subject line, put something like, add me to the mailing list. <laughs> I want in. Any of that. Just, I missed out. Any of that will do. Because we want you to have it so that you can choose, so that you can see what we're up to, and then make whatever choices you need to make about how you want to play. But I do want to play with these four pivots a bit, because this is a brilliant concept. This is a brilliant concept. The full, the full title of the book is The Four Pivots, Reimagining Justice, Reimagining Ourselves. Because you see, we, this justice that we're imagining requires that we first reimagine ourselves. Why? Because whatever is in our life experience is there by right of consciousness. Whenever I say that, there's a part of me that wants to duck. <laughs> you, you know, because I know somebody's mad because you want it to be about something else. You want it to be about them about how they, but it's really us, and there's no us without me, uh, me. you know, me is a part of us, just y'all, yeah, so what we have, the world we live in, is a reflection of our consciousness, of what we believe and how we execute our beliefs, how we live our beliefs into the world, that it's it's a pictorial of how we be. And so that's why I want to start again with Revelations 21.1. <laughs> and I saw a new heavens and new earth. Because what is that but reimagining justice, the new heaven? But in order to have that I must also reimagine who and how I am. Somebody would say, whose I am? That would be practicing the presence, getting a clearer sense of my divine oneness, the truth of my being, imagining me as the center, claiming, owning my responsibility for how the world is showing up. Not by blame, not shame, but just an awareness. You're gonna, we're going to have to tell the truth. See, we can't all just be pure and perfect and, you know, I never thought that and how could they do that and how could this happen to me? By right of consciousness, mental, emotional, spiritual equivalency must absolutely show up in form. I know we kind of wish it was the exception. We wish we could leave home late and arrive on time. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Backing out of the garage later than I'm supposed to be there, and I somehow am believing I'm going to be there before I left. This ain't that. This ain't a, that's not imagining a new heaven and a new earth. That's just crazy thinking. I'm just 
forgive me, but, but I'm talking about a little something different. And you see, in doing this, the beauty of this, probably my favorite line in this scripture, in this verse, is the sea was no more. The former earth had departed. Because some of us will say, we give up. We just like, it's just, that's just the way things are. Well, no, because the former earth had departed. After, I what? I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That former earth had. <laughs> See, it, it's not that's just the way things are. Because what? I thought of a new way. It's going to be different. That cannot coexist in my vision. I'm imagining, I'm reimagining a new heaven and a, and a demonstration that matches it. Justice, love, peace, joy. So I don't get to look at poverty and homelessness and say, that's just the way things are. And I know some of you want to jump the gun, but what are we going to do? You don't have a consciousness yet to do nothing. Forgive me. <laughs> but you can't, see, any doing you do right now, you're doing up the old, out of the old earth. We don't want you acting just yet. Because you still, see, you, you've not yet transformed. The mental equivalency in there is all too new. Is this making sense, y'all? So it's not that you won't act, and we're not trying to slow your... Well, we are a little. We, we're just saying, no, you, you're not ready. We, no, come on back, come on back, meditate a while. Pray a while. Forgive a while. Let go, surrender. We have to, you know, you ain't ready. You're not ready yet. It's an opportunity for us to recognize, to sense, to visualize, to believe. Look, in these four pivots, this is how Dr. Sean lays this thing out. Come on now. He, in, in, this, first, in this first section, it's, we're talking about the first pivot. And the first pivot is awareness. The first pivot is awareness. The second one is about connection. The third is vision. Fourth is presence. We're going to get to that. But right now, let's hold steady right here with this first pivot in awareness. Dr. Sean says that, that this, this awareness, this first pivot that is about awareness is a pivot from lens to mirror. Now, we know what that is. A lens does what? It supports you in looking out. I got on some right now. So it's about looking out. But the mirror, I, you, we understand why we prefer to look out. Because I could get you straight. If you just. You know, and I could just feel all my day, and it'd just be worn out at night, so I couldn't even look in the mirror at night, because I'm just, whoo, I'm tired from all that lens work, putting in the correction. Folks need to know, don't they? They need to know, and if I don't tell them, how they going to know? But if I let go of that, and I just, in a Michael Jackson kind of moment, just deal with the one in the mirror. Ooh, I'm talking to the one in the mirror. I got lots to say, but what if I just start there? What if I just start there and soften the heart and open the mind and begin to shift the order of things in a way that can make a huge difference, yes? So he says this pivot from lens to mirror and is a shift from the external focus that limits our perception to one of honest self-reflection. Honest self-reflection. 
Whew, look, I'm gonna have to speed up here just cause, just cause we got stuff to do. So look, in, oh, sorry, I got it. All right, so, okay. <laughs> All right, um, look. Oh, okay. okay. I was trying to figure out, so what's the segue then? But I think I get it now. All right, so this notion of shifting our perception to one of honest self-reflection is also a fertile place of believing. Because look, you're not going to look. Unless you, unless you believe that there's value in looking. You know, you don't look if you think there's nothing you can do. But there is something. So this notion of believing, I mean really believing, and look, this is what, what, what I get about, well, what I know about Sean anyhow as a person, as my friend, what I get that he delivered in this book is his belief in humanity. And look, everybody doesn't. Everybody doesn't. There's some self-help books, meaning found in that section, that in truth, you get that they don't really like you. I'm, I'm just, I'm not citing any particular book. But I'm just saying, if you really, you realize they don't really have faith in you. They're not believing in your innate goodness. They're not, there's nothing there that, that implies or, or gives you a sense that, that they believe in the highest and best around you. They got some ideas. But look, this notion of believing in dreams, again, a new heaven and a new earth. And believing that no matter how it is, that love will never end. See, somebody has to believe that. Somebody has to believe that just because that didn't work the way you wanted and because they didn't respond in, in the way you, that love will never end. That there is an authentic belief, but there is a song, the lyric of which I love that says, and like the river finds the sea. I was lost and now I'm free because I believe in you and me. Because this work that is ours to do, if we don't believe in ourselves and each other, we're not going to get this done. Mm. I don't know if y'all really really get how essential that is, that there, there's, there's a whole, it almost feels like a movement of, an energetic movement of not valuing each other. You know, standing like I'm all that, but I'm not valuing anybody else, maybe two, three other people. But generally, I'm not valuing humanity. I don't see the the value or the, the pulling in close or the, mm, we got work to do, y'all. We got work to do. And some of it is to love so much that it, it spills out in ways that folks can't escape it. I'm just saying, look, I want to remind you that um, it... I guess last week, maybe week before, I don't even know when it was, but uh, there was a point in time when we were playing with, there we go, when we were playing with Matthew 8, Matthew 8 verses 5 through 10, generally. And it was about, I told you the story then of a certain, a 
a certain centurion, not all the centurions would not have this as their experience, but a certain centurion who knew something very specific. This one cited that you don't have to come to heal my son. My son I'm asking you to heal my son, but I don't need you to come. Why? Because I understand how it works. I understand that when you have power and your word is powerful, not just because you say it is, but because the system is set up in a way. He's saying, I understand principle. I know how this thing works. You say it, it works. Because what? You have the power. You are living your life in such a way that there's no escaping that. Yes? So look, in that, he essentially says that if you just say the word, don't bother about coming. And the master teacher in response says, I have not come across one with so much faith. One who understands how this thing works, that I don't have to come and touch, that none of that is required if I believe. I believe in you and I believe in me. You, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to connect the dots, y'all. Look, what is embedded here? is this divine receptivity to truth. And in this receptivity to truth, I think Dr. Sean meets us there when he says in the four pivots, he says, the lack of reflection in our work is the reason we have toxic, blame-driven behavior in our movement. That's what Dr. Sean is reminding us of. You see, but when we have the, when we understand how life gets to be the way it is, we have another opportunity for shift. Here's how I want to challenge you. Right after Easter, I was... I was doing some, some of my own work <laughs> on Mike, <laughs> as it turns out. And it was looking at how the master teacher in having, as the story is told, having risen and returned to the disciples, was getting, getting those apostles ready to go out there and do the work they're supposed to do. Because the work was not just sit around and talk about how it was. It was instead to be out in the world, but something was required, and they needed to know. You see, that's another moment of I believe in you, and I believe in me. That was the divine demonstration at, in that moment of bringing them to an awareness of using their senses at a, at a more highly developed way. So when we talk about visionaries, you know the word vision is about seeing. And so we all, we're, it's about awakening the visionary that each and every one of us is. And so when I look at the word shift, we were looking at, and you'll see it throughout summer school as well, using it as an acronym that the S is for seeing. But seeing beyond, not just ocular system engage, but it's the awakening the visionary. <laughs> and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And in seeing that, I understood that the old earth had to move and that the sea was no more, that the, the confusion that had been present, that had been in my way, is now removed. I'm wanting us to understand metaphysically that there is something more here, that we're not just talking about one person who saw a new heaven and a new earth, and that's done. That it's up to each and every one of us to see. And to hear, and here's the thing, to intuit. Now, this is why I started by talking about devotional. In order to expand our intuitive faculty, our ability to see and sense beyond, if you're not still, you're not intuitive. I know who made me the boss. I'm just observing. I'm just observing. Just because you call it that don't necessarily mean that's what it is. 
So in order to see beyond, it's the idea is like seeing beyond the veil. You got to sit in it. Must sit in it and discern, receive what it is. And then feeling. Feeling, sensing, connecting in a way. Yes. Thinking. Because this is, in some ways, a mental universe. You, what you think has power. Yeah, even that. That thought, too. I know what we wish we could just put labels on the thoughts. Like, this one, I want. This, I've just been thinking this all week long, but I don't want none of that. What I want, I only thought momentarily. But let me put a label, let me put, slap a post-it note on it to say this is it. Because there's nothing else in my consciousness that's identifying that. What we give our attention to expands. So look. Anyone who is in touch with any aspect of shift, the way we're using it as an acronym, seeing, hearing, intuiting, feeling, thinking. You need to know you're blessed. You're whatever part of that, to whatever degree. And we continue to expand in it. We continue to do the work. We show up for summer school. We take the classes. We sit in devotion. We do our own spiritual practice on our own to the best of our ability. And when we find that we can't really hold the charge the way we want, we set up a mastermind group. We, we get a prayer partner. We, we know that we sometimes perform better when somebody calls us to say, it's time. We do whatever is required, but we are blessed to be a part of a community that is committed to the, the evolution of life through seeing a new heaven. And look, I don't even have to look down for the new earth because what the new heaven determines the new earth because it's the mental and emotional and spiritual equivalent to that. So you don't even have to look for it. I'm blessed. No matter where the road leads, I'm blessed. From when I wake up in the morning to I lay my head to rest, know this, we are blessed blessed. And then I just want to say to us, with as much love as the universe has to offer, it's incumbent upon us to act like we're blessed. struck by the word feeling in the moment in watching the teaser just now or that there is 
an operation in the world, a program, if you will, an intention of anesthetizing us so that what use would, would have at one point outraged us, would have at some point just, we would have maybe been in the streets in terms of protesting a la civil rights protestations, you know, that we, and now there's something about it being the more usual. And so I just want to say that we can't afford to allow the perverted to become our expected and our usual. And that has everything to do with feeling. But I think we're, we're kind of in a master's workshop right now in life where we're beginning to see how the brain works, how the heart is, what we call the heart, you know, it's a muscle. But when we think, when we talk about heart, what we're really talking about is our emotion. So how our brain and our feelings come together and how when we are not aware and engaged, how we can allow activity on our watch to be normalized. So this is, we're not starting a second sermon. <coughs> we're not doing that. But as I came up for our closing prayer, I was really struck. It was like the word feeling came off the screen for me. And I was simply moved to heighten our awareness of how important it is that we stay aware of how we're feeling. And so I just ask you to join me in prayer, to just allow, possibly allow your eyelids to close, which is a way of just kind of shutting out the external so we're beginning to be open to the mirror. And either know with me or allow me to stand in the gap knowing, recognizing that there is one life. And that that life is magnificent, that it is whole, that it's perfect, that it's complete. That it's all and all, it's everywhere, always present. It's the living one, the strong one. Jehovah, Allah, Jah, by any name. It's everywhere, always present. And what I know for sure right now is that I am, we are one in and as the divine. That even as I breathe right now, that I am breathing the breath of the living one, the strong one. And that the breath of the living one, the strong one, is breathing me. And that this is true. That for all of us, that there is not a spot where the divine is not. That there is not a one who is breathing, that the divine is not breathing them. Even as they are breathing the breath of the divine. And I know that, in fact, I am living the life of the living one, the strong one. And the living one, the strong one, is living me. And that this is true for all of us, that each and every one of us is living the life of the divine. And the life of the divine is living us. And I... I remind myself of that all the time to remind me that there is only one, only one life. I'm living it, it's living me. Only one life, we are living it, it is living us. One life. 
And knowing this, I know just like that centurion that I am empowered right now to know beyond the appearance that there is indeed a new heaven, a new idea, a new way of being that cancels out the old that is not too late. That this is a just-in-time word. That in seeing and recognizing and opening myself to a new heaven, a new possibility, that the old crumbles to make way for the new. And the sea is no more. The confusion, the doubt, the fear, all of that passes away. As I stand in divine clarity and knowing that the living one is and I am. And that each of us can say this and mean it. The living one, God is and I am and all is exceedingly well. That I must know this. That I don't look out and try to find it and then know it. That I must know it and then see the new heaven and experience the new earth. Oh, I just give thanks. I give thanks for knowing that this word, that this truth has already straightened out some of the crooked places. That it's already transformed that that was out of order and brought it into order. That it's already healed and canceled out a prognosis and a diagnosis. That it doesn't require any more specificity. That what is known anywhere is known everywhere. And so I, I let this word be in gratitude and thanksgiving, knowing that it goes ahead to produce in like kind. It is the mental, emotional, spiritual equivalent to my heart's desire for peace and love and joy present right here. Health and well-being present everywhere. So I simply let go. And in letting go, I am releasing this word into the perfect activity of law <laughs> that I peep and know is love. The love of the divine surrounding and enfolding this word and all activity, knowing that it transmutes it into the absolute highest and best outcomes for all concerned. And for this too, I am grateful. So letting it be, I release this into the perfect activity of law. Now and forevermore, sealing it for all eternity by simply saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters. <laughs>